You're listening to Convos with the Collective, the Denver Women's Sports Collective podcast, where we feature stories, life lessons, and advice from women throughout sports, events, and marketing. All right, so today we're here with Missy Rupepi, the Senior Director of Ticket Sales and Service with the Pittsburgh Pirates, and we actually almost crossed paths in Colorado, so that's why I kind of wanted to bring you on the podcast, because you got a little piece of your heart here in Denver (laughs) with the rest of us, but um, just wanted to start, just find out a little bit about um, your journey and kind of how you got into sports. Yeah, definitely. I know we, I think we were just a couple months off from when you moved out to Denver, but mm-hmm. um, I definitely miss Denver. So um, yeah, just, I guess my brief background in um, getting into sports, I um, grew up in the Pittsburgh area and um, went to, went to Penn State and they don't have a specific sports management program there, but um, you know, from there, I, I kind of involved myself in a bunch of different clubs and um, you know, internships and um, found, found my way with a degree in marketing. And um, you know, I always thought I wanted to do, go the sports marketing path, like a lot of people, I think, um, but there weren't a lot, I realized pretty quickly, there weren't a lot of opportunities um, you know, a lot of my internships at Penn State were um, with the basketball team um, and then the athletic department in the marketing and promotion side of things. But my last year um, at school, I was in my sports marketing class and we did a project and we were working for IMG Learfield at the time where we made some sales calls for um, the women's basketball team. So that was kind of my first taste of cold calling. Mm-hmm. Um, sales had always been pretty scary for me. I mean, as most people who are in college, you know, you think that it's a, a scary thing, but I realized it's really just having a conversation as we all know now being in sales right now. And, um, you know, from there I was like, okay, this isn't too, too hard. And um, from there, the GM that was there at the time, Brad Sexton, who's still in the sports industry, had um, mentioned that I look at some inside sales positions. And so I found my way as an inside sales rep with the Pirates. Um, so it was in my hometown. Still was not sure if I'd be good at it or, you know, if I would even like it. But I think I we were all there. <laughs> yeah, just give it give it a go and see see um, how it goes. And so um, ended up liking it. I, I definitely did not come out you know, the hottest right at first, I, I wasn't the best on our team. We had about 17 inside sales reps. I was actually the only girl in our inside sales class. Oh, so, wow. um, yeah, it was, it was kind of exhilarating though. Once I started climbing the sales board, because right. it was like, you know, all these guys, and I wouldn't say baseball is like my biggest sport that I know the most about. I always mm-hmm. grew up as a big football fan. And, um, so, you know, all these guys that had grown up playing baseball knows like all the, all the fun facts and all that. Um, and then here I was kind of climbing that ladder. So that was pretty fun. And just the pure competitiveness of sales was something that I really enjoyed. Um, you know, again, once I started seeing the success and, um, here at the pirates, we're super lucky to have a beautiful ballpark. So I really found my footing when I would, um, bring people down for appointments and meet with them face to face. Um, that's where I was most confident, which as you know, in any, any, um, um, inside sales program or any sales program, the, that's the best way to get the best opportunities. So um, from there, I got an opportunity to be an account executive for the St. Louis Rams. So had never been to St. Louis before I went out for the interview and um, just really wanted to take a chance and um, work in the NFL, which is something that, you know, probably the sport I followed the most growing up. Um, learned a lot there. I was there, um, you know, through all the, the move questions. Um, the team was pretty bad. Sam Bradford tore his ACL two years in a row. So that was fun. Oh um, gosh. Yeah. And I then, did. I worked for a two and 14 Tampa Bay Buccaneers, so I can relate. <laughs> I'm sure you were just like 
just fuming this year where you're probably like happy for everyone when they won, but then exactly. also like, I, I just like suffered through all Exactly. <laughs> I got them where they are, where they yeah. are now. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. So, um, yeah, so it was very challenging years and I actually left a couple months before the team actually made the decision to move for LA, but I knew that I wanted to pursue management and leadership within the industry. And so, um, you know, from there had a mutual connection, Elliot Critchfield, who, um, him and I had worked with the Pirates years ago and he kind of presented me, um, you know, that there was this opportunity um, in Colorado. And so, um, you know, became the inside sales manager with the Colorado Avalanche and um, really enjoyed that. Got to see a lot of promotions internally. So keep in touch with a lot of people. I know Alec is on your team. So a lot of mutual connections there. Um, and then, um, you know, about three years in, kind of want to take that next step to, um, you know, oversee more of the strategy piece. Um, now that I had kind of the management background and um, it kind of worked out that there was an opportunity here with the Pirates and was able to, to come out here, come back here. I guess that was probably three years ago now, which is kind of crazy um, to be the director of ticket sales and then um, have had a couple stops in between and um, had an opportunity to work with Evo um, and learn a little bit more on the tech side for a bit. Um, and then also with um, University of Pittsburgh and IMG Learfield um, was with them for a bit and then found my way back to here. Um, just through some mutual connections. Obviously, um, a lot of people that I had worked with a couple years back were here. Um, and then David Burke, who had been at Cronky Sports and Entertainment, he um, is now our EVP of revenue here at the Pirates. So um, what I've found throughout my career is that there's very few people that um, you want to work for again. And he was one of them, is one of them. Um, and so, you know, always has been a mentor in my career. And so just knowing that, uh, you know, he, he was going to be here uh, definitely made a difference as well. Yeah, David's a great guy. So he's definitely missed over here in Colorado. Do you, mm -hmm. can you elaborate a little bit about like, obviously it sounds like a lot of your, and my story is pretty similar of like my network basically shaped my journey throughout sports. Like, can you elaborate a little bit on like the importance of that and just to stress, like, we have a lot of college students who listen to the podcast. So they, mm -hmm. when we tell them networking is important, sometimes they don't believe us. So <laughs> yes, no, <laughs> reinforcement. It's been, yeah, it's been super uh, important in my career. And I think it's just something that I've always naturally wanted to do. I just genuinely want to stay connected and stay in touch mm -hmm. with people um, each step along the way. I mean, I'm still um, in touch with some people that I had internships with in at Penn State. And it's been, you know, a long time since I've been at Penn State, right. um, almost 10 years. And so at that point, um, it's just something that I think that is important and something that I, I carry over in my personal life too, you know, keeping in touch with friends, family, that kind of thing. But um, it has been super beneficial, um, especially in the last couple stops that I've had. Mm -hmm. um, I will say like, you know, I've gone through interview processes, but I think, you know, the last couple that I've had have been very more casual interviews because I've either worked with someone um, directly in that organization or we have mutual connections where it's really valuable um, to just, you know, have, um, you know, certain people in your corner and, and people that know your work ethic and just staying in touch with them. You never want to, you know, kind of forget them. Um, mm -hmm. I think one big thing that I did last year, especially during um, the pandemic when we had more time on our hands than what we probably would have liked, just our sports industry in general, um, I tried to connect with at least, you know, one person that I've worked with in the past, sure. you know, once a week. And um, as much as sometimes that seems like 
a lot, it was super important. And I think, you know, has, you know, made me better as I kind of learned from those people. And, um, you know, again, kind of helps me along the way in my career path that I, I can on. Yeah, definitely. And then I know you said like a lot of these people served as role models for you, like who comes to mind, like who are your biggest role models in the industry or people that people should kind of look out for as they're breaking into the industry or if they're already in the industry, like who are kind of some of these names that were important to you and kind of helped you to progress? Yeah, definitely. I would say all my bosses have impacted me in some way. I think sure. that um, you can learn just a lot from, from your leaders directly on, you know, maybe how they lead their team and everything. Mm-hmm. Um, obviously a couple that stand out to me, Jody bonus is, you know, a big leader for, for me. Um, she was my direct boss when I was at the Avs and, um, you know, obviously she's leading, leading the group now as, as VP. And so, um, for her again, especially the last couple of career decisions I've had, um, I've contacted her directly, just gotten her, um, words of wisdom. And so that's been something that's been very beneficial. And, you know, she's kind of moved around similar to you where it's, you know, she's not, she hasn't been with the one organization. Um, she's right. obviously been with the avalanche for a while now, but, um, just being able to call her at any point. And sometimes it's not even about career changes. Like, you know, I consider her a good friend as well. Um, she was at my wedding a couple months ago, but, you know, sometimes it's also about certain topics, um, you know, that I just need advice on in, in my current role. So she's always there for me. And my other um, big mentor, he um, has gone away from the, the team side. His name's David Kinsey. He was my um, director when I worked at Rams. And he's just someone that, again, I can call at any moment of time. Usually I'm only calling him when I'm changing careers and, you know, trying to get his advice, advice and everything. But um, I think that he's just someone that, you know, we may not talk for six months, but he's always giving me kind of like a voice of reason is how I, I consider him where um, he's going to give me both sides, but he's also going to stress to not tell me what to do, you know, right. If I'm, contemplating, you know, taking a different opportunity. He's going to give me both sides, but he's not going to tell me, you know, this is what you need to do. He's going to make that decision, you know, let me make that decision myself. So um, he's kind of bounced around a little bit, um, you know, worked for the Kansas City Chiefs for a little bit and is now actually doing his own thing in a startup. So just someone that I just will always um, value his advice, even though he may not be directly on the team side anymore. Sure. And I feel like that's a, and that happens a lot. Like some people just feel like, sport they want to go in a different direction or the sports thing just isn't for them anymore but obviously still their business acumen is something that people can lean on and I think that people kind of forget that 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 mentorship can last regardless of industry Mm -hmm. um and uh, for us like a big um a big proponent or a big thing that we kind of stand on is strong female leadership. And you talked about Jody, who's actually speaking at our event at the end of October. So that was a perfect shameless plug for our upcoming nice. event. But <laughs> um, <laughs> what characteristics do you think make a strong feminine leader, especially in this industry that is severely male dominated? Mm-hmm. I think confidence, and that probably comes over time, but um, confidence that you don't necessarily have to think of yourself as like the only female in the room. I think right. that um, confidence that your opinion could be different because there may not be a ton of diversity in the room. Um, so it, it should be confidence to speak up. Um, and just again, not really harp on the fact that, um, you know, you're a different gender than maybe everyone else in the room. Um, so I think that that's, that's really important um, in a female leader, just because you want to make sure that you don't feel any different. Um, and again, like my example for our, when I was the only girl out of 
you know, 17 in my inside sales class, like I kind of took that confidence and excitement and turned it into competitiveness and um, just showed that, you know, I have different values and, and different That's ideas. That's wild. Out of 17, you said? Yeah. Wow. Yeah. I do think I, the one thing I'm really hopeful that I've seen over just even like the last eight to 10 years, mm-hmm. way more girls are interested in sales. Okay. I think that I can agree. When, I can agree. Yeah. When I started, um, I remember even in my interview, there was maybe two girls total. Mm-hmm. So it's like, you know, I kind of figured I'd be going into a situation like that where it's now, um, you know, being on the interview side, um, when I was interviewing a lot for inside sales roles, when I was inside sales manager, um, I would see more of a, a, like a 50, 50 split, or at least 60, 40 of the candidates that I was getting. Whereas, you know, again, before it wasn't, it wasn't necessarily like that. Yeah. Yeah. No, I completely agree with that. And I think a lot of that too is these conversations, like other females hearing these conversations and hearing like the success that females can have in not only the sales, but in sports in general. Um, Mm -hmm. And I think that that provides a sense of confidence too, for sure. Um, Cool. So tell us a little bit more about what you do at the Pirates now and what's most exciting about it. Like you've spent a lot of time there, obviously, like you told us, (laughs) and I'm sure it's evolved and changed. (laughs) So what is it that you like most about your role now? And what is it that has kept you coming back to the organization too, not only because it's home, but I'm sure there's other aspects that you've enjoyed. Yeah, definitely. Um, so right now I'm overseeing kind of the renewal and the new FSC strategy. Oh, cool. um, so season tickets. Um, I also oversee our inside sales program. So um, we actually just hired a manager. Her name's Kara that came from um, Detroit. She was on the premium side with the Tigers and the Red Wings. Oh, cool that she's now, um, she just started two weeks ago. So really excited about that. Inside sales will always still be really close to my heart just because going through the program, you know, being an inside sales manager. Um, so I'm really happy that that's still something that I can oversee, but obviously, you know, Kara's kind of taking hold of that. Mm-hmm. Um, and so just kind of overseeing that strategy are, um, you know, the Pirates, it's no secret, the Pirates have not been a great team on the field for a while. So um, we've definitely lost a lot of season ticket holders over the last couple years. So it's definitely a challenge and a challenge that I'm excited about. I will say, um, yeah, now that I've been back at the Pirates for the third time, um, you know, in this short amount of time, um, you know, something that keeps me coming back are the people that I'll work with. So a lot of the same people that I worked with a couple of years ago are all part of the leadership team. My manager of um, retention, he was my inside sales manager. So, um, you know, I already know his work ethic. My um, VP, who I report directly to, um, was the same. And then obviously I'm familiar with Burke. And so I knew the direction um, of our leadership this time around was all in sync, which I thought was really cool. And I think that's a huge piece of it because we all know in sports, we work long hours. And if you don't enjoy the people you work with, then it's pretty miserable. And Mm so just knowing, and I remember like even just the first week that I was back, you know, when I started back here in April, it was just it just was like, I never left, you know, just laughing. And again, we get stuff done, but at the same time, it's, you know, making sure that when you work these long hours, it's, it's not so bad because you respect the people, you know, the people that you're working with, um, are also working just as hard. And so it's kind of like that team mutual respect. Right. And I feel like it says something too, like, it's like almost an unsaid message of like, if people have been there a long time, like mm-hmm. it, it does say something about the organization and the culture of the organization. Cause in sports, yes, I've moved around around a lot and have gone to different organizations for different opportunities but when you stay in one place for quite a while like I was for instance I was at the Celtics for five years and all mm-hmm. of the A's there were there for like 15 plus years almost and it's just because 
um, working there and, and being there and what they're subject to day to day is so great that they don't want to leave. Um, mm -hmm. I think that's kind of something that people don't usually look for when they're in an interview or they ask about, which I think is important to ask, like, how long do people typically stay here? Why do they typically leave? Obviously, for career growth opportunities is different than people being miserable, but I think that's something that people forget to ask. So that's really cool that coming back and a lot of the same people were there. That's comforting, mm -hmm. I think, too, right? <laughs> yeah, it was nice. Yeah. Awesome. So, um, We'll make it a little bit more fun here. What would you say is your most memorable moment of working in live events and sports? There's definitely a couple, um, you know, in all of the years, I've only made it to, I've only been part of a team that's made the playoffs once. Yeah. <laughs> and I've been so close, like the, the Rams, you know, a couple years after, once they were in LA, they made it to the Super Bowl. Um, the Pirates, the year after I left, had their, their, playoff years and that sounds um, like me that's happened to me so many times <laughs> it's crazy, but it did I will say so it was probably six years into my career when I was at the abs in 2018 when they made the playoffs and it was it felt that much sweeter too because they had the worst team in um season or their worst season in team history the year before and it was right. absolutely miserable and so then to see that change and just like we had a um our last home game was basically like a play-in game. I'm sure you've heard of it um, mm -hmm. or people have talked about it where they played the blues and um, whoever won that game was getting the last spot in the playoffs. And so um, all of our leadership team was all watching in a suite together, so nervous and it was just so electric and it was really cool to see. And so even though we didn't make it past the first round of the playoffs, just being part of that made all those tougher years worth it. You know, again, you know, we're not, we can't control what's on the field when we work in sports, but Absolutely. especially be able to like getting those goosebumps when mm -hmm. you're, you know, walking in, everyone had the pom poms. Like that was just incredible. Yeah. Game sevens and like buzzer beater winners are just like uncomparable, I think in my opinion. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Awesome. yeah. Cool. So flipping it a little bit to more of like a mentorship side of you uh, serving now being in like a higher leadership position serving as a mentor what is some advice that you typically give people trying to break into this industry like what are kind of like your key points that you hit on especially now again saying you interact with your inside sales class quite a bit mm -hmm. yeah I think um you know breaking into the industry um is not giving up and you know if you have multiple teams that maybe you're interviewing with and maybe one doesn't go your way. Um, I think it's important to just be open-minded. I think it's also open, being open-minded to the sport and the location. Um, you and I have both moved for our job opportunities. And so I think it's um, being able to, you know, try, try something new and kind of push yourself out of your comfort zone. Cause that also um, opens up, you know, other opportunities down the line too. I think that I've been able to move up pretty quickly in my career because I have been open to moving. Um, and I've learned a lot about myself personally. Like when I lived in Denver, I lived um, completely by myself, didn't have a roommate or anything. And that's a different experience than I had ever experienced before, but I'm glad I did it. And so, um, you know, open-mindedness, I think that also goes um, once you get into inside sales and you're trying to decide maybe what route you want to go after that inside sales program, whether it be the group's route, um, an account executive service, um, um, you know, maybe not deciding that in that first week or that first two weeks, um, really getting to know what those positions entail and understanding what the long-term 
of those positions would be as well. So I think those are a couple of the main points and we already talked about networking and just staying in touch with people. Um, again, you know, there's been a couple of people in my career that maybe I crossed paths in, in college or didn't even work with specifically, but we've kept in touch. So I think that's been valuable to just kind of grow your network. Um, and that's just important all around as well. And I guess too, like on that, what do you typically tell people? Like, what's your why? Like, why do you work in sports? Why, did, what drew you to sports? Like now we know we like, we work in sports cause I'm pretty sure I can't do anything else. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> no, just kidding, but um, <laughs> kidding kind of. Um, but what do you, what do you, why did you first get into sports? Like what was so intriguing about sports to you? Yeah, I, I like um, the team aspect of it and not saying the team of working for the team, but like I grew up playing soccer. I grew up in team sports and mm -hmm. it really does feel like that, you know, again, along with the competitiveness when you're a sales rep, but I mean, you're so competitive when you're a leader, like Elliot and I would always fight over, um, you know, who we were going to be hiring and into our inside sales program. Yeah, right. I usually won. <laughs> that the top still recruits. happens. <laughs> yeah. I usually won the top recruits. You can tell him that I, I usually came out on top there, but yeah, right. um, I having will. those I'll make sure he listens to this episode. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you need to. Um, but having those, you know, aspects of, um, you know, that kind of drew me in initially. Um, and just, you know, growing up, I was um, always big into football, Penn State football. We won this past weekend, which was awesome. Um, but One I was of my best friends went there, so I hear a lot about Penn State football. <laughs> <laughs> it was great. I had a wedding this weekend, so I was like, going from the dance floor to a random TV that was kind of in the back. And then, <laughs> I may, I may or may not have done that uh, on some sporting events in my time, some Red Sox world series games. I was watching at a wedding once. <laughs> yeah. I mean, you have to, like, you can't miss these big games. <laughs> yeah. Right. Right. Exactly. <laughs> but um, yeah. So I think that, um, you know, growing up with, with Penn state football, my grandpa was a coach. And so oh, cool. um, I think that's where I, he was a coach and, and teacher. Um, he coached and uh, taught at high school, uh, high school around the Pittsburgh area. So, um, you know, I think that also helped me, you know, kind of shape my path on like wanting to be a leader and a coach um, once I finally got into the sports industry. But, you know, those moments where it's the, it's the playoffs, it's the team you're working for, you're calling people all day, talking to people all day about that sport. It's really rewarding. And so I think it's, I think my why's probably evolved over the years um, just with the different leadership or different roles that I've, I've gotten into. But um, I think initially it was just kind of um, I wanted to be part of team sports and I wanted to be part of that electricity that you feel when you're at a live sporting event. And, um, I don't think I would get that in insurance or finance or mm -hmm. anything That's else. That's so true. And even like, for me, like I've worked on you as well, and I'm sure you can attest, like, obviously we love FIBA. They're our biggest sponsor. We're, we lo absolutely love FIBA more than we can put into words, but from a technology standpoint, like I, I've worked in radio, I worked in the TV side, I worked in technology, and it's just like, it's different when you work in the actual mm -hmm. team side. And that's, and again, everyone's different on their why. So I think mm -hmm. that's kind of cool that you brought that up because I'm the same way that I've done the other aspects of sports mm -hmm. uh, and sports media and events. And, and the team side is definitely where I belong from a happiness mm -hmm. standpoint. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. Oh, cool. well, thank you so much. I really appreciate you taking the time. And then um, if anyone wants to connect with you or find you, what's the best way? Email is great. So I could send that over to you if you want. Um, reaching out via LinkedIn as well, too. So those are probably right. the two best ways. Sweet. So we'll put the email in the description box of the episode. But thank you, everybody, for listening. And as always, you can reach um, myself at president at denverwsc.com or you can find Missy Repepi 
R-I-P-E-P-I on LinkedIn and should be happy to connect with you. That wraps up this episode of Convos with the Collective. Thank you for joining us for today's convo. If you enjoyed this episode, take a screenshot and post it to your social media, tell your friends, and catch the show notes on our website at www.denverwsc.com. Don't forget to subscribe on Apple Podcasts or Spotify to catch each week's episode and follow us on all social platforms at Denver Women's Sports Collective so you don't miss a single combo. This podcast includes various hosts from the Denver Women's Sports Collective and was produced and edited by Allie Monroy. Ever find yourself mindlessly browsing online? It's all fun and games until you see something you actually kind of want. To make sure you're not dreaming, you text your friend a link, what do you think of this jacket, you ask. By the time you hear back, you're on to other things. A product forgotten, a cart abandoned. Until now, Fivo is revolutionizing the way we shop. It's an e-commerce solution for brands to take back their consumer's engagement onto their own domain. Because you deserve that jacket. Fivo believes just as strongly in championing women in the workforce as it does revolutionizing the way we shop. That's why Fivo has partnered with the Denver Women's Sports Collective to provide resources, counsel, and strategic investment toward female professional growth. We at FIFA are proud to support the DWSC in 2021 and beyond.